This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're recapping Rivalry Weekend for the Bates basketball and squash programs. Swimming continues to dominate the NESCAC, and one of our squash players made history this past week. We'll talk about all that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. This week started off on the right foot as the women's basketball team traveled to LaSalle last Tuesday and won in convincing fashion by a final score of 76-47. to Friday rolled around and the squash and basketball programs took on their heated rivals Middlebury and Colby respectively. While the squash programs came up just short against the Panthers, the men's basketball team won a thriller against the Mules on Friday. Leading by one late in the second half, Sophomore Sean Strickland hit a rainbow three from the top of the key as the shot clock expired to secure a 73-69 Bates win in the NESCAC opener. Shot clock winding down. You're up one. You get the ball top of the key. High arcing shot. What were you thinking exactly when it goes up in the air? Uh, well, what I was really thinking was I hope he doesn't block it because, I mean, I think it was Hudden up running at me. He's big kid, 6'8", long arms, and I was just thinking it was like four seconds left when I seen Mike B kicking it out. I was like, it's got to go up, and then it's just up and in, so I was I was happy with it. <laughs> we also caught up with head coach John Furbush right after the win. I was trying to get a shot a few seconds before that. I did not want a shot clock violation, but, uh, you know, the play was executed pretty well, and then in the last second it just broke down, and, and Mike, I think it was Mike, hit Sean for a three, and it was actually similar to our three Sean had last weekend against Brandeis, where it's just kind of a broken play, and... He, he made a play, and, and at the end of the day, I can draw up whatever you know, play you want, but players are going to make the shots, and, and Sean was just huge tonight. I know the storyline coming into the season, well, how are you going to replace your, your point guard from last year? And Sean, a little bit of a slow start, but recent games, he's been on fire. What's kind of changed for him? I think experience is the best teacher, and uh, I think our strength of schedule has helped him because we've played uh, the three close losses to Colby, Southern Vermont, and WPI. We were up all at the end of the game, and we did not win. And I think Sean came in, he learned, you know, watched the film, where are we having success, where are we struggling, and uh, I thought he just you know, made some big plays for us. The women's basketball program dropped a couple games this weekend, but they played very well at Colby on Friday, leading after three quarters, and hung with Bowden for most of the game on Saturday. Unfortunately, the men's basketball team fell 84-77 to to Bowden on Saturday in a game that once again went down to the wire. But Saturday and Sunday belong to squash and swimming as the men's squash team defeated Williams 6-3 on Saturday. Darius Campbell came up big in the number three position with a 3-1 win. Coming in, I was like really stressed out and I didn't really know how the match was going to go. But um, just like being with the team and them like calming everything down the tension and letting the team know that the crowd is with you and you know the whole Bobcats like let's go Bobcats sort of thing. Um, it was really soothing and so I was able to just focus every time I looked back at my coach or the Ahmeds or just the crowd in general. It was just like a warm feeling like I can do this. I got this. So. And then you individually won yesterday also. Yeah. So what's been working so well for you recently? I don't know. Uh, yesterday, I lost to that kid twice. So 
I was scared out of my mind. I, actually, I couldn't sleep. I haven't been sleeping at all because I've been stressing out. I really want to beat him um, or want it to. And uh, yesterday, I just went out went out there, and the number two Ahmed, he was coaching me, and he just kept telling me, like, you've been working hard for this. Like, why come to practice if, like, you know, and train if you're not going to go out there and play your best? So I just kept thinking about that and working and listening to what he's saying, what he said, and it, it worked out. Although the women lost 6-3, to three, senior co-captain Lauren Williams won again for her fifth consecutive victory. This was our hardest match of the weekend by far, um, but we need to stay focused. We're not done. We have a very tough game tomorrow, and it's just about like improving from last night on today, like just making strides personally and just making sure that you end the weekend on a positive note, um, whether that win or lose, just play well and build on whatever you've been building on. On Sunday, the women's squash team did indeed finish the weekend on a positive note with a 7-2 victory over St. Lawrence. Williams won again, and junior co-captain Charlotte Cabot clinched the win for the Bobcats. I think the losses this weekend really fired us up, and we came in today really looking for a win, and I think, yeah, as of now we have it, which is really exciting. So our first win of 2016, all the girls are super motivated and hardworking, and this is just an awesome one for us. While the men's team lost on Sunday, defending national champion Ahmed Abdel Kalik won his 50th consecutive match in dramatic fashion, a five-set win over Mustafa Bayoumi. For his historic achievement, Abdel Kalik is our male Bobcat of the Week. Very exciting match, five sets. Wasn't against the guy you were expecting to play. Did that change anything for you? Yes, it did a lot. You know, when you're planning to play someone for about two weeks or three weeks, and then the same morning you find out that you're not playing that person. So it kind of messes up everything. And in terms of strategy, what was different about your opponent you did face? So um, I basically played my... I didn't, I didn't want to play with his pace. He played with his pace the second game, and he won. So that's why I just wanted to play with my pace. I wanted to excuse what I want to do on court, not play with his strategy, you know what I mean? So I think that worked out well in the third game, but the fourth game he played so well, I wasn't able to play as well as he did. He got on court ahead of me and he started volleying and put me in the back of the court. So that's how he won. But then fifth game, we kind of, we both played the same way. So that's why it was 11-9, point here, point there. So I was just lucky enough to win the last two points. Now you guys, compared to the other matches, have a lot of lets, a lot of situations where you're you're kind of in each other's way, if you will. Why, why is that different for you as opposed to the other matches we see out there? Well, we we have been playing to, we have been playing each other since we were 10, so we both know how, how each of us play, you know what I mean? I know how he, what he's going to play, he knows what I'm going to play. So whenever I play any shot, he's on it. Whenever he plays any shot, I'm on it. So basically that's why I just, we don't give each other a chance to get out of each other's way. So that's why there were too many lets, and we've been rivals since we were 10. So this obviously means a lot to you. Yeah, it's my 50th match. Uh, I just want to take a moment to thank my coach and my teammates, my, and my biggest two supporters since my freshman year, Mr. Andrew Cannon and Mr. Avery Burke. Uh, I just want to thank them so much for being always there for me and supporting me on and off court. So, and I just wouldn't have been where I am without both of them. Yeah, I mentioned 50 straight wins for you. Is it a relief, a load off your back to get to that big 5-0? Yes, 100%, 100%. I didn't sleep. I couldn't sleep last night. It like 
either way, like even if I had played Amr or Mustafa, it would like it's the same it's the same win. But I just couldn't sleep last night. I'm and I'm very re relieved. I'm happy I made that record. I'm proud to play on this team and to play for Bates College. Yeah. All right, and then what are you looking forward to most as we continue the season here? Well, I look forward to playing with my teammates more and improving myself and the team so we can end up in the top 10 on my senior year. Sounds like a plan. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Recently, the men's and women's swimming and diving programs went on their annual training trip to Florida. We caught up with assistant coach and Bates alum Vanessa Williamson to talk about the annual trip. I think it went great. We uh, had a lot of swimmers that weren't sitting out during main sets, which sometimes happens with all that training. Um, so they went into the training trip really well prepared, and uh, we had great weather, so that helped too. So overall, it was a great trip. I know on social media you guys posted all photos of having you know a lot of fun, but also a lot of work, right? I mean, how intense is this training trip? It's pretty intense. I mean, they're doing doubles almost every day. They're swimming long course, which they're not used to, 50 meters, as opposed to our pool, which is 25 yards. Um, so it's a lot more stroke repetitions before you can actually rest when you reach the wall. Um, but yeah, you got to have fun too because you can't just keep swimming back and forth. You got to mix in some fun. But along with the fun, it's still you know hard training too. Yeah, you mentioned the pool. It's it's longer. It's outdoors. How does that change things? Um, it changes a lot. I mean, it's it's almost a different kind of stroke that you have to do when you're swimming long course. Um, you have to kind of strategize how you're going to do certain sets. Um, if you're not as good on the walls, you might be better long course swimmer. If you need your walls, you might be not as of good swimming long course. Um, and then swimming outside is, is always nice. I mean, it's hard swimming backstroke because you can't, there's nothing to follow on the ceiling because um, it's just the blue sky kind of thing. But uh, usually the air quality is very nice and it's you know it's always nice just to swim in the sun now you swam here at Bates obviously and what are your memories of the train trip is it something you always look forward to something you dreaded <laughs> uh always looked forward to it yep it's always a fun time when you're going down south after being in the cold for a little bit and just kind of getting away off campus as well and spending a lot of time with your teammates is and, and only teammates um is definitely a fun time the swimming and diving teams hosted Middlebury in a dual meet on Sunday, and once again, the Bobcats swept their opponent. They swept every dual meet so far this year, and both the men and the women had a number of standout performances yet again. But no one stood out more than sophomore Nell Hood. She won the 1,650-yard freestyle by a 13-second margin before taking the 500 free by an 8.24-second difference. For her performance, she is our female Bobcat of the Week. First of all, you won the mile swim race by 13 seconds, so a very good performance. But what is critical to succeeding in a mile-long swim? It's so long that you need something to think about the whole time. And so um, something that I've like learned and had other people and coaches like tell me to do is think about strokes per length. And so basically I was taking 16 strokes per length that whole time and just was counting to 16 for <laughs> uh, 17 minutes or so, 18 minutes. Um, and so that is, you just like, if you think about one thing and don't think about like how long it is and how many more laps you have and like when you hit halfway, it's been like nine or 10 minutes and you still have a long ways to go. So um, that's how I, think about it and I think that's how a lot of people like like to get songs stuck in their head or like <laughs> have something that'll like keep them 
on pace and keep them moving through like at a consistent time and consistent pace so that's what I do. <laughs> and then in that long of a swim are you even aware of how the other swimmers are doing next to you or not at all really? Um kind of I it's like it's really nice to like look around and sometimes in a race that's last that long it sometimes happens that you're swimming with someone next to someone for the whole time and it comes down to the last 25 which is kind of crazy but um I I just like usually I like to not think about what other people are doing because swimming is like a very team sport but it's also like a very individual sport too and so especially in dual meets like it can be a hit or miss for however anyone's going to be doing so if you kind of think in your terms of more of your own race that is (laughs) usually beneficial especially in the smaller meets. Now you're a sophomore. Last year as a first year, you came onto a program that obviously had their best year ever. And how do you think this year's version compares to last year's? Because right now you guys are dominating every dual meet. Yeah, this, I don't know. There's something, last year was really amazing. And I, it like the whole time through all the dual meets when we were, I don't think we lost a dual meet last year. And it was just, it, but I, and it was just like really awesome momentum and really exciting and like new at least for me as a freshman and I think also for the program but I this year just like everyone is just so fast and it's just so fun and everyone's just working so hard and there's it definitely like the energy of the team feels different everyone's working so hard and individually and has lots of personal goals but then they come collective as a team goal and Everyone's swimming really fast, and it's really cool. <laughs> I know I've talked to coaches and swimmers on the team, and for, for the women's side, the team that to beat always in NESCAX is, is Williams. You guys were second last year. Yeah. Do you have a feeling this year might be a year to possibly challenge them? Um, Williams is a powerhouse. <laughs> They're very good. <laughs> so um, I know that we're definitely we're racing them, and we, we have like our eyes on them. And it's always interesting how NESCAX ends up playing out but it's kind of cool being at that place where like oh we're with them and we're like swimming with them and they're it yeah it's really cool just because of like knowing that Williams is such a powerhouse but like being on a team that's kind of like competing with them is (laughs) crazy (laughs) yeah Bates up and coming in the world of swimming for sure and then you as a sophomore take us back to uh, coming out of high school what colleges were you looking at and why did you decide to come to Bates here um, I actually, I have a, a lot of my family went to Bates, and I wasn't really looking at Bates because of all my family going to Bates. <laughs> and um, I swam and ran in high school, and I actually came here because I met the cross-country running team at a running camp, and I was like, this is an amazing team, this is an amazing group of girls, and um, I <laughs> really wanted, and so I actually came here thinking I was going to try and run and swim but then the summer before my freshman year I ended up swimming competitively the whole time and I kind of wanted to ride that momentum and so I started to swim and um and so it's really been just the people and like I was looking at the NESCAC because it's uh, like an amazing athletic conference amazing but primarily like the schools are so prestigious and competitive and small liberal arts is what I was looking at and um and so I really was looking, it, 
and Bates just and I like came here and I loved it and I wasn't expecting to love it and I kind of had to like had to like convince myself that I did love it and like be like yes like you do and <laughs> so that was um, funny and then yeah and then last year was just unbelievable and so just such a great year both the swimming and academics and it it just like I can't imagine being anywhere else. Yeah, were you expecting to be, I mean, you were honorable mention All-American as a, as a first year. I mean, were you expecting anything like that? Not at all, because <laughs> I, like, I came here to run, and, or thinking I was going to run and then kind of swim, and uh, last year was a big, I think because I wasn't running um, and swam in the fall, that it was like a big breakthrough year for me, and I was swimming a lot faster than I've ever swam in my life, which is really cool, and <laughs> so I did I was not expecting any of that and I think that's another reason why it's like I didn't have that expectation and it didn't it's really easy to like pick times and be like I need to go this time or like I'm going for this time but I was like okay I'm going faster this year like let's see how faster I can or how fast I can keep going and if I can keep getting faster so um yeah all of this has been like the fact that I'm swimming year round is unexpected the fact that uh, I've been like so lucky to be on such an amazing program that is so competitive is <laughs> really awesome and also unexpected and it's just yeah it's been great surprises <laughs> all right well good luck the rest of the way and thank thanks so much. so much congrats again thank you <laughs> we have a very busy week of Bates athletics coming up as alpine and nordic skiing get underway with the Bates carnival at 9 a.m on friday and saturday meanwhile it is also the start of the indoor track and field season they host colby and mit at noon on saturday at merrill gymnasium we caught up with men's coach Al Farashidian to preview the new look men's track and field team. Young team this year on the men's side. What are you most looking forward to in this first event coming up? Well, I think uh, trying to uh, identify the types of athletes that are going to step up and be a big part of this team. Uh, we have had a kind of a turnover from our personnel over the last few years, and I think that this group is is got an awful lot of potential and a lot of ability, but it's their turn to step up, and I'm looking forward to seeing you know, which ones of those guys are going to be able to step up and, and really fill the gaps of and fill the shoes of some of the guys that we've lost. guy we talked about all fall, Alan Summerall, now running his first season for indoor track and field. What are you anticipating from him? Uh, should be exciting. He's he's uh, as he always is. He's he's prepared and he's in shape and and uh, ready to go. He doesn't have a lot of indoor experience, so I think that will be something that will be a learning curve for him. But coming off a all American performance in cross country, um, I've got to expect that he's going to be a, a very significant factor for us in probably the three thousand and the five thousand meters. Who are some individuals who have stood out so far during your practices leading up to this event? Yeah, we've got uh, a number of guys that are looking very good. I think Nick Margitz is going to be a big factor for us in the throws. The throws have always been very strong for us, and, and uh, he's he's been a big part of it, and I suspect that he's going to be a, a major part of what we get done, particularly in the shot put this year. Um, you know, we've got, I, I think, of uh, a couple of middle distance and, and sprinter-type athletes in, in Rob Flynn and Pat Griffin. Both were All-Americans last year in the distance medley relay, and both are really, really versatile athletes, very uh, dedicated to determined, well-prepared, uh, and they could really help in any number of areas from the 200 meters up potentially to the mile, which is a, a really kind of a crazy uh, range of events, but they're both very gifted uh, guys. Now, indoor track and field, how many of the cross-country guys switch over? Pretty much all of them? 
Yeah, pretty much all of them will be with us. Uh, you know, we will probably split that group up into two or three different groups. Uh, some of them will be gearing more towards the middle distance or the shorter races from the, you know, 600 meters to the mile. And then others will be working from the mile up through the 5,000. Of course, there's always a little bit of carryover between that. We like to really work on developing range in our athletes. So they may be you know, more geared towards a specific event, but we like to make sure they're running races shorter and races longer to kind of work on their overall development. And in terms of an approach running when you're indoors as opposed to outdoors, whether it be cross-country or outdoor track, which we have in the spring, what's any differences, similarities in terms of being indoors when you run? Uh, indoors, indoor track has a different feel to it than outdoor. Um, indoors, everything is right there. It's, it's basically a three-ring circus, and it's, you know, there's a thousand things happening all at the same time. There's an intimacy to indoor track where the crowd's right there, the athletes are right there. It's generally louder and, and engaging and involved in that, in that realm. Um, you know, the turns are tighter, so sometimes the times are a little slower, but, but the competition is every, every bit is good. What do you know about MIT and Colby? Does it matter? Uh, MIT is traditionally the best team in New England. They've won the New England championships every year. Uh, it's a great way to start off. Uh, they always are ready and prepared for these, these uh, early season meets. Uh, I think it's a good chance to just get a sense of where we're at at this point in time, and, and uh, hopefully we'll see a lot of change between now and championship season when it really counts how, how that turns out. And Colby's uh, going to be interesting to, to see as well this year. They're under new direction of a new head coach and, and uh, kind of looking forward to seeing what that's going to uh, you know, look like you know, right off the bat. Last question for you. When you have so many new guys, or younger guys, I guess, from a team last year that finished ninth in the country, how does your approach as a coach change, if at all? I mean, working with younger guys as opposed to guys with more experience. I'm really looking forward to it overall. I mean, this is it. the energy on this team has been fantastic. Uh, I think they've really embraced the challenge of realizing that this is now their team. Uh, you know, they're not sitting back and watching a, a David Pless or a Sean Enos or somebody along that lines. This is their turn. And uh, everybody's, everybody's, everybody's really worked hard all the way through the fall. Uh, and, and, you know, coming into this uh, week this week, we're looking forward to seeing some great things happen. I think the energy is going to be fantastic on this team. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Thank you. And here's women's track and field coach Jay Hartshorn talking about her squad. We're really excited, really hopeful, feel really good about this season. We had probably the best fall training that we've had in terms of everyone just being really on top of it. So we did some testing and time trials before we left for the break, and our results were better than we've ever seen them. So I think it gave kids motivation to sort of keep it going through winter, um, but it is a big transition now, having five days and then having a meet and competing. Strong relay teams here at Bates, both on the men's and women's side. Why do you think that is? I think because, you know, kids take pride in running relays, and once you have one good one, um, then other kids want to be on it for other years. We've also been lucky to have a lot of depth and if you have depth you'll probably see that a little bit more in the relays by not just having one standout person but to have sort of multiple people that you can put in the mix and um, and we just put a big emphasis on it in the last couple of years. Track and field both indoor and outdoor big roster about 60 um, runners and, and, and throwers and so forth on the roster combined. How do you oversee such a large roster of participants? I think it's, well, one thing is you have to be really organized, but we have really good assistant coaches who have been with us for a long time. Some of our assistants have been here almost 20 years. 
others 10. We've had volunteers that have been with us for over 15 years. So it's really that everyone's kind of on the same page. And especially this year, our students have taken a lot of initiative. So they're just really good at communicating and letting us know their status or anything that's going on. And it just takes a lot of the guesswork out of it to sort of know, okay, here's where everyone is, here's what's going on, and that the students have to take ownership in that too. And then I was talking to Al about, you know, men's track and field, MIT and Colby coming in here this weekend, same with the women. He called it kind of like a three-wing circus out there when there's so much stuff going on. Um, is it a little overwhelming there on event day? Um, a little bit, but... I think indoor track is like track at its best because you can see so many different things at one time. So you can sit in one place and potentially watch pole vault and one of the horizontal jumps and be watching weight throw and watching high jump and then watching a race going around the oval. So I think it's like the most exciting of the seasons just because everything really is right there. Sometimes you get to outdoor and your throwers can be blocks away from the rest of the team. And so I think for like the students, it has the, the best energy. And then for the fans, there's always something going on. So if you don't wanna watch, you know, a 3K that has 15 laps, well, there's gonna be something for you to watch that you might find more exciting and more enjoyable and MIT and Colby both have really good teams so that's also a good way to start off the season by really testing yourself. And coach obviously we mentioned the big roster but uh, who are some individuals who we should will be hearing our na- hearing their names a lot throughout the year for their uh, achievements? So we have really strong jumpers coming back this year. Uh, Shristi Sunil is our school record holder in the high jump and the long jump and Sally Cisse is our school record holder in the women's triple jump and they're both sophomores. Uh, Lindsay Beauregard is a multi-event athlete and she'll be joined by Elise Rupchinik this year and they both have done um, really well in the past. And Allie Hill is our school record holder in the hurdles. Claire Marconic has been a really solid sprinter for us the last couple years and getting a lot of all New England honors and all-American as part of our distance medley relay in the 400 leg. And um, I think one thing that's exciting is that we have a lot of middle distance runners that are young this year, um, in addition to Jess Wilson and Izzy Unger who are returning in that distance, middle distance area. But then we have a lot of freshmen that are going to, maybe not this first meet, but we'll be hearing their names sort of from, from here on out and that will be good. Yeah, you mentioned um, Allison Hill, and she, of course, was a star soccer player this fall, and then Jess Wilson was great at cross country. So a lot of athletes coming from the fall over to the winter, right? Yeah, and we've had um, really good luck with soccer players, runners. Um, and, you know, for me, if somebody wants to do something all year round, that's that's awesome, and we'll take them when we can get them. But I think since I've been here, we've almost had a woman on just about every other team that you could imagine at Bates. And then what are you most looking forward to this particular event this weekend? It's a good measuring stick, right? Yeah, and just seeing how people do and the energy of the team and sort of how things come together. Um, We did 
the entries last week, so now it feels a little bit more real. Like, okay, it's happened. Let's see where we are. Um, and then from here on out, it just happens so quickly. We have you know four or five meets that everyone competes in, and then we're at championships. So once we start, you don't really feel like it stops until you get a little bit of a break in March, but in some ways until May. All right, Coach, thanks so much. Thank you. A number of teams are on the road this week, but other home events include the swimming and diving programs hosting Colby in a dual meet on Saturday at 1 o'clock and the women's basketball team hosting Middlebury at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Overall, 12 Bates programs are in action this week. We will recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my